Good evening, and thank you all for joining us uh, on this lovely Saturday evening. It's a pleasure to be with you all. Uh, for those of you who are normally here, welcome. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, if you're a first-time guest with us or if you are a returning guest, thank you so much for, for stopping. Um, please go to our webpage, newarkupc.info, um, to find out more about us. There's lots of good information there. Uh, let us know that you have connected with us. You can uh, submit an I'm new card there and give us your information. Uh, from that information, we can send you reminders of uh, messages that are coming up and, and that sort of thing. Uh, you are also welcome to join a small group. Uh, I like to say this again, if you are following us, we can't always tell who's following online, but you do not have to be a member of this church to participate in small groups here. So you'll find that information on one of those cards as well. Uh, we're going to pray uh, at the outset tonight. Um, and I'm going to recap where we have been with this two week series. And uh, we're going to get into this message tonight. I'm going to warn you guys, I am hyper tonight. I'm fired up uh, over here. And so I'm going to shotgun you with a lot of scripture. But in this case, I think the scripture does it best uh, uh, if I give it to you right from the word. So let's pray and let's ask God to be with us tonight. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the honor, Lord, of being your people, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for uh, being in our midst tonight. God, we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds uh, to your word, that you would encourage us, oh God, as we remember uh, where we came from and where we are now and what the power of your spirit uh, made possible for us, Lord. Be with us this night, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So over the past two, uh, two weeks, we've actually taken a trip down memory lane and re-looked at the lives of Jesus and his followers in the days approaching the crucifixion. From a human perspective, they looked like losers. What a horrible experience it was for all. Those who believed Jesus was the promised one and for those who hoped but weren't sure, they found themselves tested and exposed, their faith shallow, and short-lived. Judas, everybody remembers Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus. Judas played the fool and found himself outside of Jesus and disciples' circle. His plan, whatever it was, failed miserably, and no amount of money could soothe his wounds. In utter despair, poor Judas took his life. Peter, the one who so boldly and rightly answered, thou art the Christ, in response to Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? The one who brashly claimed, I'll die for you, Jesus. This same Peter, when things got tense, did a, who? Jesus, I don't know him. Those women who did not hide during Jesus' worst hours, but followed him literally to the foot of the cross, were powerless to help uh, the one they loved so dearly. Jesus himself, brutally beaten and spit on and made fun of, from Pilate's court all the way to that awful hill of Golgotha, lifted up. Uh, didn't lift one finger to help himself. Nailed to a cross, bludgeoned and exhausted, he gave up the ghost and declared, it is finished. What he really meant was, mission accomplished. As Jesus approached the end of his time here, he laid out exactly what that mission was in his prayer to his followers. I'm going to read to you John 17 because John 17 captured that prayer. I want you to listen for the mission as I read this entire text. John uh, 17 reads, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And he is always, I'm sorry, and this is the way uh, to have eternal life, to know you, 
the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one who sent uh, you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now, they know that everything I have, I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for this world but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me. So they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they may be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scripture foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and your work and, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of this world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they may be made holy by your truth. I am praying not for, for these disciples, but also for those who will, who will believe in me through their message. I pray that they will not, I'm sorry, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see that all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples you sent me, I'm sorry, and these disciples you sent me, I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. I read that entire passage because it sums up Jesus' mission and demonstrates to us um, from, it, it demonstrates to us that Jesus was no loser, right? From the very beginning, this was his plan. And those who thought that they were playing him, right, were really carrying out his plan from the get-go. It was Jesus' plan to endure all those things that he endured for the love of you and I. Sister Debbie did an awesome job this past Thursday uh, telling us about what happened after Jesus rose and gave instruction to the disciples to wait for the promise of his spirit, that they would be endued with power. And indeed, on that day of Pentecost, when it came, all those who were in that upper room, that 120 
uh, or so souls that were in the upper room. They indeed did receive the promise that Jesus said would come. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues. And all that ruckus, right? When them speaking and glorifying God, he's like, all that ruckus spilled out of that building. And there just so happened to be on that day of Pentecost, Jews from every nation, they heard these men and women speaking in tongues and worshiping God in their own languages. And before it was all over, that same Peter, right, Peter preached the most powerful message of his life. And he called those Jews out, no longer afraid, right? He said to them, this same Jesus whom you crucified was both Lord and Christ. These Jews being pricked in their hearts, they cried, what shall we do? Peter boldly proclaimed, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that name you hate so much. Apply it to your life and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I can imagine Peter ending that sermon and saying, how you like me now? Right. Under the power of the anointing, over 3000 souls were added to the kingdom of God that day. And it was on and popping. And here's what I want to pick up uh, in this in, in my message tonight. Right. Jesus said early in John 14 and 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the father. So when Jesus unleashed his spirit on this earth uh, to his disciples and those that were following him, it was to empower them to do these greater works. Jesus did awesome works. If you recall, Jesus healed. Jesus raised from the dead. Jesus um, opened blinded eyes. I mean, you Jesus was tearing it up. And greater doesn't necessarily mean mean better. Greater can also mean more. So let's look at some of the things the disciples did because what actually what Jesus said would happen, happened. And it happened by the power of that spirit that Jesus unleashed on that day of Pentecost. For example, let's go to Acts 3. This is after the day of Pentecost. Acts 3 records that John, that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part um, in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from his birth was being carried in. Each day he was put outside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg for the people coming into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for some money. Ooh, this is one of my favorite scriptures here. Peter and John looked at him intently and said, look on us. That lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Right? Again, I, my, my phrase for this message is, how you like me now? These same men that seem powerless and losers who were afraid were doing mighty miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 4, just as Jesus prayed, this is happening after this, Jesus prayed that his people would be unified, that they would stay together. Acts 4 records that all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that they, uh, what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. And the apostles testified powerfully, powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God greatly blessed them all. And there was no needy among them. I want you to think about that. There was no needy among them. They were so unified in spirit. They were so mission minded. They weren't worried about material things. They weren't worried about you know what they had and being greedy. They were sharing everything. And there was no needy among them. God was working. Acts 5, let's keep it moving here. The apostles, I'm reading Acts 5, 12. The apostles were performing many miracles and signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly in the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Did I hear that right? This is the apostles. 
suddenly all the people have high regard for them. Again, I'm talking about these so-called losers. What's happening now in the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 14 says, yet more and more people believed and brought to the Lord crowds of both men and women. As a result, the apostles um, of the apostles work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats and that so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed of evil spirits as they were healed. I want you to be envisioning this as I'm talking, right? I want you to think about pre-crucifixion and after crucifixion. You know, folks being scared to be associated with Jesus and those disciples for fear that they would be persecuted or that the Romans or the religious leaders would, you know, somehow, you know, harm them. There's boldness happening right now. Peter and the, and the apostles are walking through Jerusalem and they're doing their thing for Jesus Christ. And crowds are coming out and greater works, just as Jesus said, what happened, what happened. But meanwhile, things were heating up around Jerusalem. Right? Those religious leaders were not happy about what was happening. And the believers came under great persecution. This persecution caused them to scatter but only geographically. They were united. They were still united and committed to the mission. Acts 8, starting with verse 4, records, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Ooh, isn't that something? Persecution helped the mission. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. What crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed, so that there was great joy in the city. Are you feel this momentum building right here? I'm getting hyper over here right now, because I'm just thinking about um, what God does in the lives of his people through the power of his spirit. He cast out fear and doubt and all those things that bind us. And, and the, the, the scripture says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning liberty happened throughout Jerusalem and those surrounding cities there as God's spirit moved through there and did his work. Uh, Philip, let's go on down to, let's see, that is Acts 8. I'm going down to verse 16. We're still focusing on Philip here. So as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candide, the queen of Ethiopia. The, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book, the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside his carriage. Peter ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you were reading? The man said, no, I'm going to save you some of this reading. Here. The man said no. So Philip broke it down to him. Verse 34 says the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning at that same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Now watch this. Verse 39 says, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again, but he went on rejoicing. Meanwhile, let's see where Peter, where Philip landed. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north in the town of uh, Azotos. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way, he came to Caesarea. So here we got some teleportation going on. I'm talking about Jesus working powerfully through these uh, disciples and apostles who were faithful to him. There were no losers now. 
later on in Acts chapter four, I'm gonna read you one more. Uh, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter nine, we all know about Saul. Uh, Saul was the one who, you know, big bad Saul who were persecuting God's people. Uh, the early part of nine, uh, verse nine says, meanwhile, Saul was utter uttering threats and, and breathing uh, with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and requested letters uh, to be addressed to the synagogues, asking for cooperation uh, in the arrest of any followers of the way, right? That means those who were following Jesus. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem and bound in chains. So here was Saul angry about these Jesus followers, right? He wanted to do what he could to stop them. And so he wanted these letters to bring these men and women back uh, into to Jerusalem in chains. So as he's approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard the voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. The voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and I will, and you will be told what you must do. So God sent him to a man named Ananias. Drop down to verse 17. So Ananias went, there was some, there was some text in between there. You got to go back and read on your own. I'm on a roll tonight. Verse 17 says, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. I'm talking about God can take those who are so far from him, right? We don't know who belongs to God. We don't know who is earnestly uh, seeking God. They might be uh, of some total other faith right now. They might be against us somehow, but God knows who our is. And under the power of the spirit, he, we see a man like Paul was converted. Right. The very people he despised, he became right. He didn't look at them as losers anymore. Right. They were the people that had it going on when 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 God gets a hold of you, when he reveals himself to you. And so um, it says, so Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus a few days and immediately he began preaching. What? Immediately he began preaching in the synagogues. This same Saul who was persecuting the believers was now preaching Jesus. Uh, he is indeed the son of God. Verse 21 says, all who heard were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked, and didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. I tell you, when Paul got that light bulb moment, Again, it was on. So this same Saul who became Paul went on to become the greatest apostle and also wrote most of the New Testament. Though I can go on and on and give you examples of what Jesus made possible by his death and resurrection. I'm going to sum it up in the, in the words of this Paul. First Corinthians 15 says, but let me reveal to you this wonderful secret. We will not all die. Now we hear this about funerals, but this is a message of hope but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment. In the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into the bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then 
when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For the sin is the, for sin is the sting uh, that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thanks to God, He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable, always enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing, nothing you do for the Lord is useless. I'm here to declare to you at the second week of this uh, series where we started from the losers, um, the, the losers, religion of losers. And here we find ourselves in the redemption of losers that there are no losers in Jesus Christ. Right. If you are sold out to him, there is no Paul was the one who said it, whether I live or whether I die, it's all game. There's no such thing as a loser in Jesus Christ, for we have all, all been redeemed. Just um, as death could not hold Jesus, it cannot hold us. As he said at the cross, on the cross, when he passed, it is finished. Jesus' mission was accomplished. We are winners in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for stirring up in us, oh God, um, the, the mission, reminding us, oh God, of the mission, reminding us of the power that you made possible, Lord Jesus, that we are not losers for you, Lord Jesus, though our choices in this life may be very, very different from others, oh God, for it may look uh, like we're losing to others, God, that, oh Lord, we know, hallelujah, Jesus, that we have overcome with through the, through the power of your spirit, Lord Jesus, that you do keep us, that you do guide us, that your hand is on us, God, and that we stay faithful to you, Lord Jesus. One of these days, oh God, oh, we're going to go home with you, Lord Jesus. One of these days, oh God, and even while we live, you bless us, Lord Jesus. Even while we live, you have given us the privilege, Lord, of being ambassadors for you, Lord Jesus, that we can go and we can boldly proclaim your, your word, that our lives are a bold proclamation of your word, Lord Jesus, that we live victorious for you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you for staying true to your mission, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for not forsaking that cross, Lord Jesus, for the love that you have for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, be with us tonight, Lord. Be with us as we leave this broadcast, Lord Jesus. Fire us up, Lord Jesus. Help us to remember the power that we harness through your spirit, Lord. We have the power, Lord Jesus, that you have given us, oh God, to touch lives, Lord Jesus. That same anointing that rests in those disciples, Lord Jesus, rests in us who bear your spirit, Lord Jesus. Help us, oh God, to go about that. Uh, as we pray for people, that we pray in the authority of your name, Lord Jesus. As we our face situations, God, we don't have to face them with fear because we know that you are with us, Lord Jesus. Just as you prayed for us in John 17, it is, oh God, we believe you by your word, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, be with us this night, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, I thank you, Lord, for tuning in. Uh, I thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, it was good for me to go back through those scriptures and remember the goodness of God. Remember what, what he has done for us. Remember um, the power of his spirit. I know we're living in a, in a time right now where, uh, you know, this COVID thing is happening and, and um, you know, things are looking bleak and maybe they're looking up a little bit, right? But God is still very much in control. 
He's he, he's got it all under control. We need to stay in him, stay faithful, no matter how bleak things might be. And uh, he's promised that he's already overcome this world. And we need to stay, stay faithful to him. Well, thank you all for joining. Again, if you are a guest with us, uh, please go to newarkupc.info and let us know you were here. Um, again, anything you need, uh, you can find it there. If you want to submit praise report, praise reports or uh, you want us to pray for some specific need that you have, you can also put that in uh, and we'll be, we'll be uh, praying with you about what it is you're facing. Um, well, I'm going to get off. Whew, I'm fired up tonight. I love you all. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here tomorrow evening at seven o'clock, same time. Um, I understand there's some, something good coming. The word is always good, but something good coming that you will make sure you, you clear your schedule and that you're free uh, tomorrow night at seven, that you can hear the word of the Lord with us again. God bless you all and have a wonderful night.